Welcome to coffeeis.me podcast, where me means you, or more precisely, us. This is the show where your host, Valerian, without using any interrogation techniques, convinces coffee professionals to reveal their secrets to teach and inspire you to make better coffee and earn a few bucks on the side, if that's what you fancy. Let the show begin. Hello, coffee friends. This is Coffee Is Dot Me podcast. I'm your host, Valerian Hrala, in this two-part podcast with Kelly and Brandon from Big Island Roasters. This is the second part, so if you were not listening to the first part, you are missing out. So first, go listen to the first part, then you can come back to listen to the second part. And you have to listen to the second part, because in the second part, Kelly will reveal how to score some awesome swag at the SCAA. All you have to do is, you know what? Listen to the show. Enjoy. Now let's talk about your social networks because you're doing an amazing job with Instagram and we're going to talk about Instagram about, about Instagram just in a sec. Uh, what other networks do work or which networks work the best for you? Um, Instagram, I suspect, has the best conversions. We don't actually track conversions or leads or anything <gasps> like that. No, we actually don't. <laughs> yep, I made that decision because I felt like it looked kind of spammy. To have a link that looked like it wanted to track you so we don't track anything with Instagram the only but however we do ask a question on the checkout page which is where did you find out about us and we get plenty of people that tell us that they found out about us through Instagram or we'll be posting something on Instagram and then we'll get orders that reflect that post during the day so I know that it's working but I don't know exactly how well Okay. I was hoping that you'd tell me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Apologies for the disappointment. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I don't understand. Uh, you said that you don't track them because they will think you are spammy. So, but when you track conversions, you don't, they don't know that you track conversions. Well, you know, and maybe there's a way that I just haven't figured out um, to put a, oh, what is it? Like, I think it's a U way, like a universal analytics code or something like that mm-hmm. uh, with a with a shortener um, into the hyperlink. And that has been what I've been told to do. But I just want people to go to our website, BigIslandCoffeeRoasters.com, you know, instead of something that looks obscure by a shortener. No, I don't think you have to do that at all. Uh-huh. I mean, how, do you, how do you track? Well, I simply use, uh, and this is great with WooCommerce, by the way, uh, I simply use a Google Analytics code, uh-huh. and you can do it two ways. One way is that WooCommerce has a little extensions which automatically tracks the cost and everything, you know, not cost, sorry, the, the prices, how much people bought, the products and everything. So if, you, if I go to uh, the Google Analytics, I can go and e-commerce and I can see everything, the sales, you know, which products sold the most, how much people paid. And if you don't have this option with big commerce, that's what well, you we use. have Google Analytics, but mm-hmm. we just don't track Instagram leads. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, but you but can we track other leads. No, you can exactly. So you can track your website at how the conversions happen, and then you can go and check Google will tell you that where these people came from. It should tell you if you go to conversions on on. Uh... Well, it does that, but it just doesn't track the Instagram. Okay. Do you track the Instagram? I don't because uh, actually Instagram does not convert very well in Slovakia. <laughs> oh, 
yeah, we we spend a lot of money, like truckload of money on Instagram, and we have like thousand something followers, and we actually pay an artist who is doing us uh, uh, artwork. Those you know little. I don't know if you ever checked us out, but those are like is it boot coffee or no. This is one is Green Plantation. Plantation. I'm going to it now. So there are these little drawings, and it's an artist who does it for us. I pay a lot of attention to making nice photos if I can, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it doesn't convert to us. It's fun. I love Instagram. So for me, it's more about fun at this point, and I hope one day it will uh, do conversions for us. Facebook is the one which does all the conversions. Wow. Interesting. I know that for us, Instagram definitely does better than Facebook. And that's why I hoped for the number because, you know, starting a new company here, I was like, let me spy on you how you do it. (laughs) Well, you know, here's what I I do know, that when we started doing Instagram, you could check our um, Google Analytics and you could see the volume of people had increased coming to our website. I mean, it was almost like, Within the course of, because this is actually what had happened, is that we were in a mastermind group, and we ha- we each had goals in the in our mastermind group. Mm. And my goal for the year was like, let's see if the social media thing works. I'm gonna see if I can get 5,000 followers by just interacting on social media every day. And so as I started interacting and kind of getting the hang of it, I you just watch the followers start climbing and those would track to our website. So I didn't have a direct, you know, it didn't show me like, Oh, 22 people came from Instagram today or something like that. But you would, I would just see that more people in general were somehow getting on our website. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try this out with Unleash Coffee. Unfortunately, uh, Instagram changed the algorithm recently. So it's not the same as it used to be, especially for not for uh, the newcomers. Well, actually we don't know how it's going to uh, play out yet. But in Slovakia, you know, my, from, from my company, Green Plantation, there's two disadvantages. One, that people who use Instagram, they use it for different things. I think they use it mostly for uh, posting, you know, selfies and stuff. So they don't really think about it as any other tool yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other problem is that it's a 5 million market of people who speak a unique language, Slovak, and that's mm-hmm. very limiting. So, for example, we have, let's say, 1,200 followers or something like that, I think, today. But I don't know where these people are. If they are in United States, if they are in in uh, Germany or, or, or Japan, they will not convert to us, you know, because yeah. of the shipping costs and the language barriers and everything. They enjoy the pictures, it is, which is great. But, you know, this is the limitation. This is why I think United States, the Instagram can have a bigger punch, so... I'll share with you on coffee soon, so hopefully. Yeah, yeah, please do. I like I like the green plantation page. Thank you. Super cute, and the close ups of the coffee beans. I like those. I did them. Nice, good for you. Just a little You know, the thing what I do differently than any other Instagram marketer, I like to use my own pictures. There's few exceptions, like the I think the latest picture is. Uh, a picture of Veronica. She's a trainer in Slovakia. She was coming and she made a training in our uh, coffee roastery. So I used her picture because uh, the CEO Peter did not make any. So I, I, you know, that's a different issue. But I don't really post other people's pictures. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel that's cheating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we honestly, don't either. Yeah, we post exactly. our own pictures or pictures of people 
that people have like tagged us in that mm -hmm. is like our coffee bag or something. Yes, that's that's different. Yes, that's yeah, that goes with it. But some people kind of just scan the Instagram and they they just post other people's pictures and they do credit them. Mm -hmm. But it's still it's a it's a social network made of other people's you know posts. I don't I have don't have a feeling for that person who you know who runs that social media. Right, right. Yeah. It doesn't add anything to developing a, a a voice particular to that page. So yeah. So let me go back to that uh, mastermind you mentioned, and that's something which I did not know about for like a year or two. I heard it maybe on a, one of the podcasts two years ago. And I researched it, and it turns out it's a, it's an old thing. It's not something which you know was invented now. It was it's for mm -hmm. something which is forty years old, something like that. Yeah. Uh, tell me more. Are there some uh, masterminds for uh, coffee businesses, or is it a mastermind for businesses only? And how does it help you? You know, we formed our own mastermind group. Um, it was another one of those kind of manifestation things. Um, I won't get into that part of it, but essentially it's just a group of us who are friends who wanted a way to get together weekly and, and um, push each other, challenge each other, help each other work through things, um, business challenges and personal challenges, sort of goal setting challenges with skills that we had each come up with. And so we started from scratch which was coming together and figuring out a weekly schedule what it was going to look like um and yeah that was that was pretty much it and so we met for i think a year but is it a business local business mastermind or is it coffee guys no no it was actually just friends of ours oh so kind of oh. business related. yeah yeah i mean it was we turned it into uh essentially group meetings in order to help realize uh particular goals that we had personally and professionally. So more or less, yeah. you know, we wanted to come together. We're already friends, been friends for three, four years. Um, and, uh, and honestly, Kelly and I were just like, we just need to like, you know, get, get off, off the, the farm, farm. <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit more and interact with other humans. Right. And so we were like, let's, let's make it more routine and, and scheduled and stuff like that. Um, just, you know, to get off the farm and to socialize a little bit more, but, uh, we had, we had met with friends, we were having dinner, and, and basically they sprung this idea on us that it was something that Kelly, like just two days before, was like, you know, I really want to like do something like a mastermind thing. I really want to like meet up with people, ideally friends, and really just try to help each other out, figure out what, what our problems are, uh, what, what sort of us like solutions we solutions can come, we can to, come together. to exactly in terms of just designing our ideal lifestyle, you know, sort of kind of pie in the sky, but not really, you know, we're hard workers and we're very practical at the same time too. So we were just like, yeah, there's the things that we want to change about ourselves and about our lives. Um, so let's see if we can just, you know, meet with close friends and have a support system to, to kind of uh, engage in all of that process. So that was, that was essentially it. It was just, um, yeah, very, very simple intentions. Um, very yes. straightforward. And we, we each, uh, ended up with goals that we would have we had personal goals we had professional goals and we had like relationship goals because it was three couples mm -hmm. that got together um and then we each took over a i guess a, a, a section like a, mine was stress management and so i would do some research on stress management techniques and um, over the course of our getting together, I came to pranayama being very effective for me. And so I did a display of various pranayama techniques. And then 
uh, the assignment for the group was to try pranayama for two weeks. And then we come back together. We all talk about it. Like, did that work out for you? And for most people, it didn't. For me, it worked out really well. But I found out that I was unique in that. Um, and so that's kind of the style that it would work in. And my, my six-month professional goal during this period was to toy with Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you did good. You did good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I figured out I had a knack for it. And at the time, I didn't know anything about photography. Brandon had bought me a camera two months prior. And I was like, actually, my goal was to learn how to use the manual settings on a camera, a real camera, not a camera phone. Mm -hmm. um, and to uh, use Instagram for at least an hour a day. You know, uh, first of all, the, the mastermind sounds great. Uh, I probably should do the same. Um, it's, it's, you should join one. You yeah, should do a virtual one. Yeah. I, well, cool. Sounds great. But uh, <laughs> no, no. Seriously, I, it sounds great. But I also would like to have some uh, more like meeting with people from different industries and different uh, mindsets. And I think you bring up a good point too about working, uh, doing a group setting like this with people not in mm -hmm. your industry. Uh, for me, that was really helpful to talk to people, close friends that you know they wouldn't hold back. They'd ask the they'd ask just very honest, raw questions. And sometimes it was great to just really be challenged in your thinking of, uh, you know, why, why would this be valuable to any potential customers? Why are you doing this when your friends are like, what, what the hell does this mean? What's this all about? Why do you even care about this? Or who's going to care about this? Um, so it was just great to have input from, yeah, all these different perspectives that uh, you, you just have to learn how to communicate. <laughs> That's part of it too. And it also corrects your sort of... Um, your course in some ways uh, that that you know you fix your blind spots because you're able other people point them out for you um, yeah so it's really helpful to have that diversity of, uh, of input and that cross pollination of ideas sounds great yeah it is <laughs> it is fun okay uh, did you ever have did you ever worked with uh, influencers um, no <laughs> like a like a celebrity influencer yeah oh any like online, you know, uh, influencers like uh, YouTube stars or Instagram stars. I wish. <laughs> Where do I find them? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you because, you know, it's a, it's a big thing in other industries like, you know, they team up with influencers. And I was wondering if you have any feedback on that, how to find them and if they actually work. Because, you know, it's easy to find them. You have to pay them. But does it right. bring anything? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, we've had a lot of people contact us on Instagram um, about, like, send me coffee and I'll give you a review. And the truth is, is I think that we've s sent one bag of coffee to someone who already liked us anyway, that we were, like, really good friends with and communicating with. And we were like, sure. But outside of that, we've had many, many, maybe 50 requests for send us coffee and, and we'll write a nice review for you on our blog. And it's just like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like if you want our coffee, authentically buy it and then I'll repost your stuff. Otherwise it seems kind of shammy. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably the closest to an influencer that relationship that we've had. Okay. But you are getting coffee from Green Plantation. It should be on its way. 
and I'll be happy if you make pictures of it. On I will do that <laughs> for totally, you, totally and I'll send you some to. coffee. I, I was going to send you coffee earlier, and then we went to New Zealand. No so worries, okay. I know. No worries about that. But uh, <laughs> I just want to see the packaging in Hawaii, you know, because it's a new packaging. And I'm curious what you think about the packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to We'll that. make a pretty Thank picture. You. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I will repost it with uh, uh, on, on our f- uh, Instagram feed with your permission. Yes, yes definitely. Yes, definitely. definitely. Happy to do so. Cool. All right. So uh, no influencer. Okay. So one thing which I noticed on your website, you have this triple B business review or something like that. Yeah. And I saw it on other websites too, you know, other companies, even banks. So is this, what is it exactly? And, and is this something which helps your sales or why, why do you have it there? So I don't know if it's common to have this outside of the United States, but it's the Better Business Bureau. And we initially got it because there was some uh, scammy stuff going down in Hawaii that I don't know how much I can or should talk about. But uh, suffice it to say that it's, it is somewhat common to for, peop- for businesses to be tempted to counterfeit Hawaiian coffee. Mm-hmm. And, the, and Hawaiian coffee has a long history of that. Of, yeah. Of well, it's happening um, in Oakland, right? Big one. Yeah. Yep. It, 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 it happens. It happens quite a bit. And it happened just recently with a big, um, uh, a really co- a common and well-known business out here. And so we didn't know if this was going to be exposed and people were going to think that all Hawaiian coffee was like this. And, uh, so we opted to get the BBB uh, review because it just, they just seemed real authentic and concerned. And when I talked to them about my concern with this particular business, they were upset. And one of the, um, I guess, I guess the regional directors called me personally and said, we want to make, you know, tell us your situation with this company because they actually have a BBB account with us. And so we need to investigate this. They seemed real serious about it. Um, So that was one reason. And another reason is because they have high domain authority and it helps with SEO. Ooh. Yep. Did you notice the help? Uh, You know, it, it, it gradually over time, because you know how domain authority doesn't just pass through like, you know, their their ranking is going to pass through to you. It's just a little bit of a benefit. Mm-hmm. Do people know about this? Do they, Does it mean that your website is more trust, trustworthy? Do, would you recommend it to other, other companies? Um, I think any sort of accreditation is is good. I, I don't think that it's necessarily any better than coffee review. I think coffee review is probably a, or a, any other sort of review will, is a better bang for your buck um, than BBB. But in a, in a place where we are, the price of coffee is very high and people are actually, some people are taking a risk by purchasing it for the first time. It gives a consumer a little bit of added confidence mm-hmm. that we've been around for a little while. Um, because you can't you can't get a BBB review if you're making extraordinary claims on your website like you're the best. They they will scat they scour your website to make sure that you are not making these superlative claims without backing, um, and that you've been around for a little while. Oh, okay, so it's not for new companies. It's more for established. established. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, exactly. 
Right. I also noticed that you have you guys have a coffee membership, and it's something what we through Green Plantation we also offer, and you know, for us it's not doing too much. You know, it's just something like uh, extra, and you know, it's it's nothing. If if I would have to do it again, I probably will not even do membership. How how, how is it with you guys? I mean, does it work for you? It works really well for us. We love the coffee club program. Mm. Um, and, and the reason that it works very well for us is because we come across a lot of small lots here, especially in our neck of the woods, um, where we have farmers with three to five acre plots, which is pretty small, or we have unique varietals and we don't always have places to, um, showcase these varietals because they're too small to put on the website and to, you know, do the whole, everything that goes along with putting a new item on a website. And so we provide them to our coffee club members, oftentimes with a story. Um, and that's, that's a membership feature that we focus on. We don't actually really focus on like the person that wants their one bag of Kona every two weeks. We focus on people who want a unique experience with, um, premium coffees delivered to them just once a month. Um, and we get to choose the coffees. That sounds awesome. So you have this benefit of having coffees, which nobody else. Most of these coffees, nobody else will get to try at Mm -hmm. all. Neither your customers, just the. Let me give you an example. Okay. So we have, we have a, a neighbor. He's a guy that, um, Brandon especially goes to see every Friday night. They drink beer, they bitch about politics, and he's a coffee farmer, you know, and and drink beer, eat meat, and moan about the woes of the world. And um, he's a coffee farmer. We've helped him raise his his, uh, trees. We've helped him fertilize. We've really taught him the ropes with the whole thing, and he just sells it to his friends and gives it away for free. Well... This one year, actually just last year, we convinced him to enter his coffee into the cupping competition, and he didn't know what to do. So we literally we harvested the coffee for him, we processed it for him, we dried it, we cured it, and then it came time to uh, submit it to uh, the Hawaii Coffee Association cupping competition. And we printed the paperwork, and we said, Ron, man, what do you want your farm to be called? And he, and he scribbles down accidental coffee farm it was an accident and so we submitted his coffee and it won the region and it was awesome and he was like well you guys deserve all the credit blah 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 and so he ended up giving us a bunch of his coffee and we traded him just for some other coffee and then we gave his coffee to people in our coffee club and they're the only people that got to try this coffee oh, i wish i was yeah, a so- member now <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the coffee club has been just i think more than anything a lot of fun for us and um and it seems really a lot of fun for the for the members too because it gives us a forum to develop an intimacy that we might not otherwise achieve on the website or through social media um just because of those things right we we get to experiment uh we'll have really small lots of of, of a certain coffee or an experiment and if it goes really well it's just great to be able to share that with people and um and yeah. it's not all year long that we have these fun experimental things like our bourbon the coffee that won the cupping competition the only people that get this coffee every year is coffee club or when we do naturals the only people that get it is really the coffee club um and so it, but only about maybe half or two-thirds of the year we get those unique things in and sometimes it's just something uh, special or a, a special 
uh, flight of roast levels. Okay, so basically you succeed and we fail because you offer them something extremely special, like <laughs> something unique uh, and different than you actually offer to regular customers. It's really like a like a VIP club. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do that. We we kind of offer sometimes lots which are not uh, in our like regular like offerings. But uh, yeah, I, I can I can see that was the difference here. Uh, we will have to work harder on this, I guess. You get feedback, like we get feedback from these people. We'll do weird experiments sometimes. We really mm -hmm. will. Like the I I can't remember, but I think the first lot of our we do a cacao aged coffee. Um, where what, did, what did you say? A cacao aged coffee. It's a coffee that, so we have, there's an abandoned chocolate farm fireplace. And we go and we harvest chocolate and we ferment it. But the first couple of years of fermentation was bad. And so we just roast it up. And um, you can't really, you can't tell that the fermentation is bad by just smelling it. The aromas are very, very strong and pungent either way. So we sit it in a bag of coffee and the coffee soaks up the aromas of the cacao um, and we set it in there for a couple of months and then let a small consumer base our coffee club try it and wait to see the feedback before necessarily sending it out to the public and making this a regular thing yeah so we kind of use the the membership too as like guinea pigs <laughs> that's kind of what <laughs> yeah. kelly was referring to yeah. it's like oh let's see how this goes um now i don't feel very special <laughs> 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 well, only stuff has got to pass our palate first. If it, if it doesn't, we're not, you know, like we're not we, saying we bags really or defects or anything. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, it's, it sounds it sounds great. I mean, it, I see the difference now. I totally see the difference, and I will think how to restructureize the whole green plantation um, uh, membership because it really doesn't. I mean, we have members, and you know, we treat all customers especially and i don't want to sound like cliche but you know a lot of guys do contact me on facebook and send emails ask us questions how to brew and stuff like that so you know we always try to answer i mean me on facebook like i have to log off many times i was a facebook junkie but now i have to go there for an hour or two and just get off because otherwise people keep sending me things you know so <laughs> we have that connection so for that club is you know we don't need a club for that because we do that anyways, but we do not, I see that we do not offer anything special for our customers. It's not, they can just buy the coffee and, and be happy. They don't need, you know, the extra t-shirt to be a members. But if we start to offer special lots, like which nobody else has now, it makes a different story, right? Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I think so. Okay. I'll work on it. <laughs> this is the first first section of our mastermind. I promise I'll work on yeah. <laughs> Green Petitions membership. You we need some results. One week. <laughs> oh no! Oh. <laughs> All right. You already said that Hawaiian coffee needs a, a different roasting, and we actually got a question about this. That you know how uh, what's the right profile for uh, Hawaiian, Hawaiian coffees, and it's the guy is called Hayden Moore. And uh, um, that's also my question. How, how would you treat a Hawaiian coffee versus to, let's say, uh, Ethiopians or, or Panamanians? Um, yeah, for something like an Ethiopian, I mean, comparing it to an Ethiopian is drastically different, right? 
Um, but anyway, so what I see and what I taste mostly when people do wine coffees is that it's underdeveloped. Um, and so to be, to be really simple and straightforward, if you're roasting, uh, strictly hard bean coffees, African coffee, well, just a lot of international coffees, the difference is going to be probably in the length of time. Um, but not necessarily the degree of roast. Uh, and one thing that I have specifically found in, uh, I roast on a Diedrich IR7, and we also have an SF25 that should be here, I think, next week. Um, San Francisco 25. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly, exactly. One thing that I've found with the Diedrichs, they don't have a lot of airflow controls. They've got essentially like three positions is that we keep the airflow pretty low on all of the Hawaiian coffee because it dehydrates real easily. And um, you can taste that in the cup. There's like an added astringency. It's almost a cottony mouthfeel if you have too much airflow. Mm -hmm. Whereas for, and the, the other thing is in the time of the roast, whereas a, an espresso roast for an international coffee might be 13 minutes. Uh, a regular roast for a Hawaiian coffee is going to be like 13 and a half to in some cases 14 and a half i mean to just to like throw this out there and i know this will make a lot of the roasters happy when we got a 94 on coffee review for our honey yellow katura it's a honey process so it's soft it's got a softer exterior it's a hawaiian coffee um and i wanted it to be light and developed i ended up roasting that to about 1445 um, which is really long for an international coffee. And the roast level, but it ended up being like a medium, medium light. Oh, wow. So, okay. Now, how did you achieve that? You said with a low airflow, correct? Yep. And did you have any strategy in the beginning of the roast? Like, you know, uh, let's say you went um, more aggressive there and later uh, went down with the heat or throughout the whole process you went with a very low heat or is there any trick there well, there is a there's definitely a trick there all the coffees are, are different that i found in hawaii right and so for instance with a, the kona coffees um i found that higher charge temps they do a lot better um mm. and with our coffee our puna coffee um and I have variable experience with, I mean, kau coffees are in both cases, but in, in our Puna coffee, time and time again, a lower charge temp with a gradual rate of rise, but gradually applying heat um, is the way that it's turned out well for me. Otherwise, it, if, I, if I charge too high, we get kind of a grapefruity taste that I don't particularly like. Okay. And... You still uh, hitting that fourteen minute point, or are you hitting the thirteen minute point? Well, every year it changes. Mm. Now, our coffee, our like for instance, we just did. I just profiled our coffee for this last year's harvest, and it's totally different from the year before. Roasting it a little bit darker because it's got a little bit more sugar in it, um, and it holds up well to a slight. I mean, I'm talking like four degrees darker, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so our coffee is anywhere between 13, 30, and 14 minutes, our washed process, not our honey processed. Um, and then it's anywhere between 
417 to uh, 422. Okay. And which for us is between, uh, I, you know, all the roasters are going to be quite a bit different. It's going to be between a medium light and a medium, depending on the year and depending on the period and the bag in which we pull from. Period. What do you mean by that? Uh, different times in the harvest season. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's funny to, so as over the, over the course of time as the coffee cures longer, um, but also depending on the time uh, in which it was harvested, things change. Uh, and it's really interesting to kind of witness how drastic that can be. So say, you know, the roast profile that you develop might apply to the first, you know, one third of the season's lot, but then you get into the middle third or the middle half and things change a little bit. It's like, oh, it might be better to go a little bit darker or a little bit lighter with this or, tweak or tweak it a little bit because it's like, oh yeah, actually during the peak of the harvest season, you know, the coffee, um, there's, there's more acidity to it. Uh, not necessarily by huge degrees, but uh, it's noticeable. And so, you know, we might lengthen out the roast a little bit or shorten it up just depending on what we want to emphasize. Sounds awesome. And this, this is what we talked in the beginning that you guys can control the whole quality and you can see the changes and that's like, wow, that's yeah. uh, really cool. Yeah. It's interesting because when Brandon and I, because we spent, you know, our, all of our coffee experiences really at origin. And when we go to coffee shops in the mainland, all we taste is age. I, I swear <laughs> to God, all yeah. we taste is burlap and age. We're like, all of this coffee is so baggy. How do these people drink it? <laughs> yeah. how, how, well, so what how do you do drink on the mainland? Oh, uh, well, when we, when we go, we just drink whatever coffee is around. Maybe that's Honestly. the issue. <laughs> yeah, that could be the issue. Or, or even at SEAA, like when we went to, last time we went to SEAA was actually, we're going this year. The last time we last went Boston. to Boston, yeah. And I remember, oh, I don't know if I should say this on the air. We don't need to name drop. Okay, but, I won't name drop. But I was very surprised that, uh, you know, like. Some prominent coffee companies. Very prominent coffee companies, you know, providing coffees for everyone. Um, and, and I don't mean like Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts or anything like that. Like I mean, we're specialty. talking like, yeah, specialty coffee companies. And I was just really surprised that it was very clearly past crop coffees. And, you know, it makes sense. They're giving it away. So <laughs> I get it economically as a business person, but I thought it was an unfortunate, uh, presentation. It's so like, does everybody else, does anybody else taste this? <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, I don't get it because if it's SCAA, these exactly. people are professionals. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. That's a very big, I probably offer my best lot and yes. you know, it's <laughs> exactly, I would think you would want to put your best. Actually, foot that's forward. a good coffee club one. We should show our case, uh, like a past crop and a fresh crop for our coffee Ooh, club. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Good it's free. You don't have to pay me for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to steal a credit for it. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I'll send you that shipment. <laughs> deal <laughs> no it's you know it's interesting what you said because on again i'm going to uh shamelessly plug coffeecourses.com uh we have one free course uh what william did it's a uh, mastering um roast profiles and it's, it's an intro course because we have a big one which is paid but this was kind of like a, a free one and so he went to the local uh, whole foods and he grabbed a few coffee brands from the shelf and with one we were really surprised, which we actually do like and have a lot of respect for, but that one bag was surprisingly off. 
like yeah. it was you, you can see if if somebody will watch these videos you can see Willem's face like he does not understand he thought that he mixed up the bag uh, the bags or something <laughs> so after that i went and cupped it and i was like no man you are right you know it's it's flat i'm i'm really sorry but it is flat you know and we we still don't know what happened i mean you guys if you're interested you can go and check it out yeah. it's yeah. still there it's uh free so yeah, uh, I, would I would love to see that. Oh, well, you guys get the whole package for free, you know, so because you are, uh, that's, that's the benefit of being on a podcast, you know? Yes. Wow. I'm excited. Thank you. But for the guys who are not on a podcast or, <laughs> or think, not thinking to purchase the whole package, I mean, it's free. They should check it out and, and, and you will see. It was very surprising for me. And again, we have respect for all the companies. They're a giant respect. It was really just surprising. So, yeah, you know, it, it, it happens. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely does. So you said you're using uh, Diedrich and you're going to get a San Franciscan now. Do you have any experience with other roasters? Mm, no, just the San Franciscans and Diedrichs. So why did you go for a San Franciscan or Diedrich? Um, Diedrich, we got, like, uh, there's another kind of funny part of the story. So uh, you'll soon realize that a trend with our experiences has been that we've Purchase most everything on Craigslist. Uh, that's how it feels, anyway. <laughs> um, so our, our, the roaster, we were uh, when we first bought this farm, uh, it came with a roaster, but it was effectively just uh, like a barrel over some open flames that happened to also <laughs> rotate, and so it's uh, very, <laughs> very uh, archaic, so to speak. Not it, it got the job done, but. Uh, we, we began being a little worried about it before moving out here. So we were like about, I think it was maybe three weeks, maybe a month before moving out here. We were like, you know, that roaster that comes with the property, it's not very good. We should probably buy another one. Uh, it would be a good idea. <laughs> and so we checked Craigslist and uh, yeah, we, we found the Diedrich IR7 at an incredible deal now that I think of it. Um, and uh, yeah, so we just... So that's how we got the Diedrich That's IR7. how we got the Diedrich. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And then the SF25 we selected because we actually, um, I don't need to go into the whole story, but we, we, we got a, a small SF, uh, like a, one of those 6.6, 6.6 pounds um, that we had over here and we were playing with it and um, I, we needed to make some modifications to it. So we called the San Francisco roasting company we spoke with bill on the phone and he was so nice and mm -hmm. so helpful and his customer service it was through the roof and he just so happened to say hey i know you guys are going to get rid of this small one but if you want a larger one which we did we were looking around for a larger roaster at the time i've got this sf25 refurbished here um and so we did a little poking around at it and thought about it and we decided to go ahead and purchase it and one of the features of that is the variable drum speed which i've never played with the variable drum speed so that's exciting and also with that with the variable drum speed we can get into roasting cacao and there's a lot of cacao that comes through here and we do roast cacao on our diedrich occasionally mm -hmm. but it would be nice to um assess the difference that that makes on cacao as well as coffee they don't influence each other if you roast cacao and coffee that there's no like cross contamination or something like that no no we just got to make sure that we clean the roaster really well after the cacao because the cacao um 
pops and just kind of leaves little cacao pieces all over the place, not inside of the roaster, but like in the cooling bin mm -hmm. underneath the tray and it can clog the airflow and then you get smoky tasting coffee and that kind of stuff. And so we just got to clean it out. Okay, good. I was just curious about that because a lot of people are playing nowadays with uh, cacao. Maybe that's the next thing after coffee. Uh, so you said you were shopping for a roaster. Did you, before you had this amazing experience with San Franciscan, did you have something else in mind or which way were you looking at? Um, you know, we were looking at a couple of different roasters. We were, you know, certainly looking at the Gieson and Probot. Um, but it, it just came, honestly, it came down to uh, price and customer service. Uh, what w was easiest to get over here? Mm -hmm. Um, being out here in Hawaii. Oh, the other thing that, that made our decision for us is the ease of which to get parts. Um, if we were getting an international brand or something that was a little bit more difficult to get parts, then it obviously is just a deterrent. Okay. So that's why you didn't go with a Chinese roaster or a Korean or... Uh, I guess there's that. And I... I we're in a brand that right now, right here, that promotes locally grown and locally manufactured products. Mm -hmm. And so I, I did want to promote local. I did want to purchase local. Perfect. Yeah, that, that makes totally sense. That's, yeah. that's cool. I used to drive Škoda cars because uh, Škoda is a, a car brand from Czechoslovakia. It's during socials when we made that, but they still exist and they're making cars in Czech Republic. But I was driving Škoda because I felt strongly about, you know, driving a local car. Now it's owned by Volkswagen, so it's partly German and using German engines. But still, I felt like I'm supporting local economy. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. Being being a business person, you soon realize the effects of your purchasing decisions. You know, when I go to uh, stores here in a Bay Area and especially kind of like a smaller markets, they do carry local coffees, which is awesome, but most of them are ground. And I always wonder about this. Wow. What's the ratio of people who buy, what's the ratio of uh, ground versus whole bean in your store, not store, online store? Yeah, it's, it's maybe 10% of, of the total orders. Yeah. Are ground. Yeah, yeah not uh -huh. much. So yeah, very little, very little. But that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I agree. You know, we've we found that um, an older if if you had to choose a coffee that was like two or three weeks or four weeks or a month or two even past the roasting date or one which was ground three or four days ago, the one that's a couple months past the roasting date is gonna taste better. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. But but the thing is that I was surprised about that because the little local market very close to me, you know, they focus on, on organic stuff and they try to support local farmers and stuff like that. And all the coffees are ground. We found one whole bean bag. I think it was pizza or something. And we were like, do really people buy ground coffee? I mean, because for local brands, you, do, you spend a bit more than if you buy, let's say, a, a Starbucks or or. or I don't know, Folgers, right? You spend a bit more because they are made in small batches and yet you don't have a grinder at home or are you just lazy? I don't know. I, I don't know why is that. So it's, it scared me a little bit because in Green Plantation, in my solar company, we refuse to grind. 
we, we actually tell people that, you know, we think that we're going to rip you off if we have to grind this coffee for you. So we're not going to do that. <laughs> Buy it somewhere else. You know that's, what, that's though? Really interesting. We have traveled to the homes of some of the people who purchase our coffee, and their grinders are so, I don't know if I can say this, but shitty. Like, <laughs> such shitty grinders, like, that it would be better if we just ground it. Yeah, it sounds it reason. sounds weird. Like our experience was simply that we found that the the quality of the grind superseded the freshness of the grind. So if we brought coffee, say for instance, when we went to Boston, we stayed with friends while we were there, and we showed up and we had whole bean coffee, and they had a coffee grinder that just happened to be one of those crappy blade grinders, uh -huh. and this thing was like twenty years old. So <laughs> it was terribly dull, and it just beat the hell out of the coffee. And the grind was so terribly inconsistent. I mean, just get awful. And we, there was just impossible to get anything worth drinking from that whatsoever. Um, and so we kind of did an experiment to see if a freshness of poorly, a fresh ground coffee, but poorly ground, if that would be any better than something that was ground on a good machine with consistency, uh, like a week before. And the coffee that was ground more consistently, better, but more old, was better than the one that was fresh. <laughs> that's so. that's actually surprising me because I always say people that, you know, you you know, you get yourself a grinder, whatever you want, it's still better than uh, buying a, a, a ground <laughs> buying coffee. Ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, that was not our case. And, you know, we felt kind of embarrassed because of the people we were staying with brought over, like, 10 of their friends to have coffee <laughs> one morning with the <laughs> coffee farmers from Hawaii and we could not make we a good cup of coffee that's why you have to get a hand grinder and carry it with you but therefore then for making it for 10 people with a hand grinder then you will grind for like <laughs> yeah. one hour and <laughs> yeah, exactly. the morning exercise yeah so it's funny I mean it was just something that we found um, to kind of be the case so yeah that's that's cool because it's a, it surprised me I was really like shocked that you know People in the United States compared to United, to Slovakia, they do have money. You know, it's yeah. not the issue like, oh, I cannot afford a coffee grinder. I, I, I maybe even think that's a laziness. And now everybody will write me emails. We are not lazy. But, <laughs> maybe, maybe, but you know, on the other hand, I do believe also in, in accessibility. So if people want the coffee ground in the United States, we will, with a new company, we will grind it. Right. We'll right. do that. I, I really wish we don't have to do that, but we will do that. With green plantation, I would never do that because seriously, like if I'm telling you that you will find, you know, like floral notes in this coffee and you will find, you know, a strawberry acidity and all these amazing features, then you get a ground coffee, you make it and you will say, where are those features? They are not right. there because it's stale, man. You know, you yeah. have to grind it at home. Right, so. right, right. All right. Next topic. And this is something which you didn't tell me and I had to learn it from somebody else. <laughs> You didn't learn it from Facebook? <laughs> yes, I was embarrassed actually from the coffees.me Facebook group because those people there are awesome. The members are great. So they helped me out to learn that you guys bought a coffee roastery yes. on the mainland. Yes, we did. And it's also called Paradise Coffee Roasters, which I was wondering, I mean, it sounds very Hawaiian, right? Because we call <laughs> Hawaii Paradise. Is it, is it that because you bought it or why did you buy it? How did you find it? Did you find it on Craigslist? Totally appropriate. <laughs> um, no, we found it because our good friend, his name is Miguel Meza. Um, he he used to live in Kau and he's been consulting with farms in Hawaii for quite some time. 
Uh, we were talking, we'd both seen a hole in the market for a little while, and it's a hole that we talked about early in our conversation, which is that some coffee shops and cafes will purchase local Hawaiian coffees, and then they will purchase um, international coffees for their mainstay, but most of those places actually purchase internationally co international coffees from the mainland. Um, so they'll be getting like Temple and Stumptown and stuff like that and have it shipped over here. So there really aren't any specialty international coffee roasters in Hawaii that do a good job with it, at least not that we've tasted. And so we had talked about maybe establishing something over here, but um, Miguel, uh, he was, him and his family were some of the founders of Paradise Coffee in 2002, and then they sold it in 2009. And so he decided to just reach out to the uh, person that he sold the business to, to see if he was willing to sell it to us. And he was, and it was like, it was something that was workable for us. And so we looked into the PNLs and we talked to the staff and we realized that this was very doable and that's the story. Cool. So you were actually looking for a roaster. It's not like it fall in your uh, laps. It kind of feels like it fell in our lap a little bit. Um, just in the sense that it was, a, we realized very quickly it was a better option than kind of starting our own brand. Um, and uh, yeah, it just ended up working out that well for us. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say whether or not we were looking for a roastery or we just knew we wanted to start one here uh, to, to service a different market than what we were working with. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, yeah, just all other origins in the world is what we are more, more interested in working with. So um, kind of one of the really helpful benefits too about Paradise, aside from, I mean, you know, obviously, Miguel's connection to it was a huge influence, um, but also it helped us sort of resolve a logistical issue that uh, every coffee roasting company in Hawaii has to kind of deal with is that anytime you import coffees into Hawaii, they have to be fumigated. Yeah. Um, we do mm -hmm. that to protect uh, the ag, right? So um, because of that, you can't technically import any green coffee that's organic because then you can't sell it as organic. So that was one challenge is that we knew that some of these coffee shops that we wanted to service, we knew they were getting organic coffees uh, and that for some markets too here, grocery stores, stuff like that, it was important for them to have organic coffees as well. Um, so we realized like, you know, it would be really beneficial if we uh, worked with Paradise to have an off-island roastery to fill, fulfill those needs. Um, and then the same thing goes with African coffees too. You can't actually import any green green bean from Africa at all into Hawaii. Um, so that was that was something that having a facility in Minnesota um, helped us basically cover all the needs that we wanted to service. That's extremely clever. That's kudos to you guys. But then you're ruining my vision of <laughs> going to Maui and having local coffees. <laughs> well, those are still available, right? Because you can definitely get those from Big Island Coffee Roasters or um, any other origin too. Like, uh, you know, the origins we're really excited about working with, like Thailand and Vietnam and India. Those are all coffees that we can bring in um, and roast here and uh, take care of the uh, local market here with freshly roasted coffees. Okay, I forgive you. Okay, fine. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so if somebody wants to buy a coffee roastery, how they should go around what they should look at and what will be the determinant of the let's say a, a price um you know i don't know if how you would really determine the price outside of either what you could afford or what you could 
find somebody to invest into you. Um, what we looked at is obviously the longevity of the business. We looked into the assets and the value of the assets, um, the employee relations, how long that they had been there, um, their incentives to stay. Uh, we looked at the P&Ls. Um, we got the traffic counts and where the traffic was coming from, access to Google Analytics to figure out if there was any instability on the backside. And then honestly, we looked at the low hanging fruit. We were like, well, what do we know how to do? And what we knew how to do um, complemented where we have seen that paradise, um, where we can add value, um, kind of the low hanging fruit. And so that's, that's how we determined. Okay, so when you bought it, it came with everything, like with the equipment and you said with the staff and I guess with the customers, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. Uh, so now you spent X, Y amount of money. Uh, what are the main changes or improvement, improvements we'll focus on in case of Paradise? Well, one of the things that Paradise hasn't done is have a established wholesale program. Um, they don't have any terms set out for wholesale clients. And so we would like, they're basically a cash business. And so we're going to establish a wholesale program. That's, uh, one thing. And then we're going to be rebranding it with the same company that we use to, uh, brand Big Island Coffee Roasters, uh, probably move on with a new coffee club and promote that. We will make the basically do the same thing with paradises we have with Big Island Coffee Roasters, make it feel a little bit more authentic, talk to the customers, let them know who we are, change the style of newsletter, um, add better photography and some social media sites because they really weren't doing much with social media. So those are the changes initially and later on down the line we may have some coffee shops. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, do you want to buy a company in Europe? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, eventually. Maybe so. Maybe so. Please contact me. My email is. <laughs> That's funny. It's not. I have too much stuff to do. So <laughs> if Starbucks comes and wants to buy, they are ready. But the company is too small for Starbucks. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, what are your expectations? What's going to happen with um, Paradise or actually Big Island in 10 years? Good question. Uh, we have no idea. Ten years. Wow. Um, you know, it feels like basically every six months, uh, our ideas of what we think we're going to be doing change entirely. Uh, and luckily, that's always been for the better um, for the most part. So, yeah, it's, it, it's really hard to tell over the next ten years. You know, one to two years. Well, we know in the first year, it's sort of basically everything Kelly's already kind of laid out. And, uh, yeah, we'll just uh, keep doing what we're doing and, and try to do the best we can and uh, see what comes next. And, we do uh, have a couple of things under our belt which we want to move on and that we're, we're not going to talk about, but we're really excited. <gasps> um, that was really polite of her, wasn't it? We have super secret amazing things yeah. that we're not going to tell we're you. We're not going to tell you. We're going to share. <laughs> you'll have to pay attention. You'll, you'll, see it. you'll see it at some point. That's a good uh, marketing trick right there, you know, and I love it. I, and it's true. You know, I always say that, you know, I am weird because I subscribe to email lists of marketeers and email lists of people who are pushing, you know, like uh, different marketing products, like, you know, learn to work with Facebook and stuff. It's not because I know I'm not going to buy the products, 
per se because I either know what they offer or I already yeah, maybe purchased it or whatever. But I learned a lot from their style, how they do things. And you are right, you know, the easiest way is to follow and uh, check them out and think about why they do that that way, you know, how does it help your co uh, customers? How does it help your sales? So that's a good way to do it. Yeah. 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 And here's another way. At some point, we may end up selling a farm. I don't know when that's going to be. It could be in five years or six years, or it could be in if paradise goes well. A little, I mean, a little bit less time. I don't know. But you'll have to pay attention. If, if we do sell the farm at any point, the first people who will have op the option to buy are our customers and those people who are on our newsletter list. Wow. There's a plug. You're going to sell the farm. You know, only better only thing would be you. that, you know, you are you're becoming a member, you can win the farm. <laughs> yeah. We'll start a contest. Yeah, yeah contest, Instagram contest. Instead yeah. of yeah. bag of coffee, you can actually, win the farm. We literally thought about that before and tried to work it out. Like, how would we make this a contest? Oh, wow. We got to make it fun, right? You got to make it fun. And that's the whole, everything that we've done with Big Island coffee roasters it has to be fun or else it's not worth doing and we so we have had days and weeks where we've discussed how we are going to make it a contest if we sell the farm so you you plan to stay more into roasting other than farming huh um not totally decided yeah, with that. yeah yeah not really sure exactly because we really love uh, a more rural lifestyle and yeah. you know we love just being able to go outside and harvest fruits and interact with our animals and um yeah it's just it's an extremely enjoyable sensory experience and i think something we both find uh deeply satisfying um in a real kind of intimate way uh that uh we don't really get fulfillment like that anywhere yeah. else so uh it's hard to say it's yeah, hard it to imagine really hard to leaving imagine. but it's also hard to imagine spending the next 60 years on one plot of land okay i have one more last question and uh because you are falling into this trap, which I fall uh, five years ago, that I moved away from a place where my business was. Uh, and now I basically have a great guy who is doing great job in Slovakia, but it's still, you know, I, I feel that I want to be involved as much as possible. And I have to manage it in different time zones and, you know, from far away. And you, you just did the same. You bought that uh, roasting company and, and, you will have to do the same. So do you have any good action plan or actually, actually some kind of amazing tips how to do that? Um, <laughs> maybe ask us in a year. <laughs> it's, it sounds like you would, you would be the one giving us tips at this point. Um, <laughs> I, I wish I had some magic, you know, I have some tips, but, you know, I don't have any like a magic bullet for this. Right, right. The staff of Paradise is super solid um the roaster's been around from Char charlie blasky's been around for quite some time and he is he's been managing that place the previous owner lived in a different uh, time zone entirely and so they are used to having uh, telephone calls and telephone meetings so this is really not outside of the norm for them it's more unusual for us and so to be a little bit more hands-off it's 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 a little frightening but i think we will learn and let you know okay um we can do the mastermind and uh, share <laughs> yeah, exactly. how to do uh conversion how to how to measure conversions and how to manage companies from far away 
Yeah, yeah. I'm actually kind of curious. What What are your biggest challenges with management or, or things that you have a tough, t- a tough time with, especially, you know, given that it sounds like our situations are, are sort of similar in the sense that, you know, you have really good core staff um, supporting everything and taking care of it. So where, where do you find that uh, that you fall short of your expectations? Well, the thing is that we don't have staff. We have one guy and we ah, have a few okay. who help us. And uh, the guy who runs it is a person who doesn't like to let go. And that's mm. what kind of at this point stops the company to grow. And I, and I know how he feels because I was in his shoes and I, and I know exactly, you know, that we, some of, you know, people who build things and uh, start companies that we don't like to let go. Right, right. But if he doesn't do that, you know, we will not grow. And exactly. I wish to be there and show him the ways. Other thing is, for example, that the whole green plantation in a form what it is today happened after I moved to California. So here I saw the ways. Here, here I met uh, the specialty coffee mm-hmm. and I learned the possibilities. The mindset in near San Francisco is amazing for business and for personal growth. Anything is possible, right? And probably through other places, but this is my experience here. And I wish I could transfer that uh, to his like vision of the world. Because again, Slovakia is a tiny country. It's yeah. five millions. And we have, and I don't offer anyone, but we have this kind of like a peasant-like, not really peasant-like, that's not the right word, gosh, kind of like very closed mindset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we live in a small place. And you probably guys understand that you are in Hawaii. We live in a very small place. We speak the same language but it's only 5 million of us and we don't know what's out there because a lot of people don't speak English, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, can, they, they they do travel, but they don't really perceive the culture. So one thing what I did with Peter, he's a CEO, I brought him here to California. I said, you know, let's spend, you know, a week here and let's see how other guys are doing that. So he had a great fun, but I don't think that week is enough to kind of, you know, soak in the, the lifestyle and soak in, you know, the mindset of people. Right, right, right. And it sounds like it's been really challenging for you to even kind of bestow that influence on him, even though you're located in that sort of environment and those surroundings. So communicating certain things is very hard because I say, no, let's do this, what this company doing, and we can do something similar because Slovaks will love it. He doesn't really get it what I want from him, you know, it's because he doesn't really think that way. And I know it because I was there. I know how it was when some other people told me some things and I was in that little mindset of the little world, you know. So. Right, right. Yeah, so right. you're dealing with cultural um, challenges as well as just being separated from the business. Yeah. yeah that's, that's tough. But, you know, I'm still hoping that uh, there's this brand which is buying now roast, uh, roasting companies in the United States called Big Island Roasters. And I hope <laughs> they will think of going to Europe and they'll take off this off my hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, that's you. Oh, no. <laughs> hint, hint, wink, wink. No, 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 there's a lot of things. And, you know, it, it's kind of hard. And I, it's, you know, it's uh, takes for me a lot of energy. And, and you know, it's... It's a lot of lot of frustration, so that's why I'm kind of like, oh man, managing another company from far away, I, I would never do that again, you know. Although I love Peter, he does an amazing job for you know, for the what he does, you know. And in Slovakia, we are the trendy company, which is great because you know, again, we are lucky to have a small market. We we were the first one who started this, so we are known in this you know specialty great coffee sphere. It's kind of cool to be the intelligentsia or the stump town of Slovakia, you know, why not? But anything beyond that, 
we are like not known and you know it's just it would be nice if we let's say hit the european market that would be awesome right yeah. right right absolutely and i know that peter cannot do that he's not capable of that and he knows that by the way he's very cool about that so maybe we should hire a new ceo <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And when it comes down to it, that would be the other recommendation I would have, or I guess the only one is just like, well, maybe find the right person then that that's, you know, open to that and has that mindset you're looking for. Yeah. Um, so that you don't have to constantly feel like you're, uh, you know, pushing along a stubborn mule or something like that. Um, when they're, you know, just that, that cultural divide, is, it sounds like it's a real challenge. It is, but it's hard to find somebody who does not have that mindset like Peter does. And, you know, yeah. Peter is a partner. He would be very happy if the company does 10 times as much, you know, and right, grows right. because he is already vested in it. Like, you know, he has uh, shares and everything. So he would yeah. just be happy. You know, he would be, you know, he many times told me that he would be just happy to roast and do his stuff yeah. and not deal with all the, you know, like... Uh, CEO stuff, you know. So yeah, yeah, the operational thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not even gossiping in him now. It's something which we talked about, and he himself is uh, open to. So yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you so much uh, oh, for yeah. this chat. It was really awesome. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank uh, you. Do you have something you want to uh, like promote oh. or? Yeah. Yeah. Um, thank you for reminding me. We are going to be bringing around some uh, samples of our Puna coffee and other Hawaiian coffees, T-shirts, lip balms, made with Hawaiian coffee, etc. at SCAA. Um, so look for us. Uh, if I'm assuming that a lot of people listening are in the coffee industry, so maybe they'll be there. Um, look for us and we'll hand you a bag of coffee or something if you find us. Yeah, we'll be walking around with, with, with some things to give out. So Yeah, we also us? actually have a, an event with um, Paradise scheduled. Let me get, grab the time. It's Friday from 1 to 3 at the Mod Bar, which is booth 1174, I think. We're going to be sampling some Thai coffees that Miguel has sourced. And the 2013 WBC champion Pete Licata will be pulling shots. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so come and hang out. Hmm. Now I wish I went to SA. I'm, you know, I went there almost every year since I moved to the United States. This is the first year when I said that I have too much on my plate, so I cannot go. And now I'm like, oh man, I wish I went. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it sounds great. Thank you so much uh, for this offer. So uh, I'll have to now edit this podcast very fast. <laughs> you guys can, <laughs> so the listeners can act on the offer and that's very generous of you. So thank you so much. Oh, yeah. yeah no, thank you, Valerian. Thank you. Yeah, it's it was been a, a good pleasure. talk. Yeah, enjoyed SEA and say hi to everyone and uh, talk to you soon. All right. Okay. Thanks so much, Valerian. Take care. I had so much fun to record this episode. I feel it has so much in common with these guys. I mean, come on, Brandon on one of his photos wears a Pitfall t shirt. If you fall from the moon and you don't know what Pitfall is, it's an epic game from 80s for the epic gaming console called Atari. So this must be a sign that there is something more going on than only coffee, right? <laughs> In any case, I hope you had fun. If you like this episode, follow them on Instagram, on Facebook, or drop them an email saying, hey, thanks, I like the episode. Just let them know that their time was not wasted. 
Also feel free to join our coffees.me Facebook group because that's where all, we all meet. That's where we exchange knowledge and know-how and everything. I know Kelly and Brandon are members and they already responded to some of your questions. So feel free to join and ask them even more questions and ask question me, ask a question of anyone there. So come and join us. The easiest way to do so is when you go to coffees.me website on the top menu, you have a little button says community click on that it will take you to facebook group apply and we will approve you yes it's v because uh, michelle broad is one of the administrators there and i want to give him a big shout out because michelle is doing an awesome job thanks man helping me out here so if you are at the SCAA, have a great time if you are not then oh but there's always next year right okay have fun enjoy your coffees and bye